0: i Spaces welcome to the ether today is monday November 21st 2022 today on the ether round two strides cosmos hub validator set discussion let's take a listen
1: hey guys thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in we're just gonna wait for a second for a bunch of people to to come on um and then we can we can get started probably around 703
2: oh uh, hello everybody
1: hey, how's it going Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm uh, pretty good. Good to, uh, good to see you. Um, awesome, we got Aiden as well. Let me hey everyone, invite him up. Hey, Vishal. Cool. Awesome. I am um, just going to make sure that we tweeted about this.
3: Um, oh, we did. Um, we did. Yeah, I got we that. Did.
1: Yeah. Thanks, John. Thanks. Awesome. Um, and then we can just wait a few minutes and then... Maybe wait one more minute, and then we can just kick off and people join in when they join in. Aiden, uh, can we just test your audio?
2: Yeah, testing. Can you hear me? Yeah, cool. Perfect.
1: Cool. I think um, think we can get started. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to round two of um, Stride's Cosmos Hot Validator Set um, selection discussion. Um, With us today, we have Aiden, who's a co-founder of Stride, We also have Vishal, who's another co-founder of Stride. And we have John Galt, who leads integrations and content growth and Stride. Um, So structure from today is gonna be pretty similar to to what we had last time. Um, We kind of have a set of talking points. Oh, sorry, by introduction, I'm Virat. I'm on growth and strategy at Stride as well with with John. And um, I'll be kind of moderating today. I guess structure of today's conversation is to go through a bunch of talking points that we have um, from, from last time. It's some of it's gonna be similar, but other parts are gonna be kind of going off talking points from, from last time. And we'll flow through our agenda, but really it's, it's for the community. So please uh, guys, feel free to raise your hand at any point. And, and I can invite you up to the stage to ask a speaker uh, a question. Um, it can, it can be really be anything. We want to make sure that we, we answer all questions that the community might have, um, in, in this space. So, uh, just to, just to maybe start off, I think it would be, it would be great to, to know, you know, what is kind of, how is strike going to take on validator selection and, and what is important and why is this important? What what's at stake? Um, John, do you want to, do you want to kick us off there?
3: Okay, yeah, sure. Um, First of all, I think it's really important that we say this one thing right at the beginning, and we'll probably say it in the middle, and then at the end as well. Um, What's at stake is, uh, right now, 430,000 Atom. That's uh, how many Atoms have been deposited on the Stride blockchain. And we're looking to delegate those on the uh, Cosmos Hub blockchain. So we are accepting um, applications for Cosmos Hub validators um, to join our um, validator set on the Cosmos Hub, Uh, like that's the main thing, like we're trying to get the word out. Um, Currently, I I just checked this morning, uh, we've received 25 applications, which is pretty good, but um, there are 175 validators on the Cosmos Hub. So uh, we'd like to get a few more applications, I think. And um, we did open it up on Monday and the deadline is uh, this Sunday. So uh, we've got uh, maybe five or six days left. And uh, hopefully we get some more applications. Uh, we're also accepting applications for our advisory council. And we'll get into what that is a bit more later. Um, yeah, so like th- that's the most pressing thing. Um, but to kind of take a step back and kind of um, uh, take a, a much broader view of what we're talking about here. Um, as a liquid staking provider, the way it goes is uh, people deposit their assets with Stride um stride stakes those assets or tokens on their behalf on our various host chains like the cosmos hub um osmosis juno and then we issue uh liquid stake derivatives but um it's really crucial how we stake them uh and there's all kinds of ways stride could stake them and, and this is like one of the main um concerns that a lot of people have with liquid staking Uh, Namely, how do liquid staking providers actually delegate the tokens that they're given? And you can imagine there's a lot of ways that um, a liquid staking provider could kind of run amok by perhaps delegating them all to one validator (coughs) or a a small set of validators. And uh, if you kind of extrapolate where liquid staking is going uh, in the cosmos, like I said, currently we only have 430,000 atoms. but Um, in maybe six months, we could have significantly more, maybe 10 million, 20 million. And that starts to be a decent chunk of the overall supply of Atom. So uh, if we're going to do liquid staking right, and we totally intend to, uh, we want to be the best liquid staking provider in the cosmos. If we want to do it right, then we have to figure out a way to responsibly delegate our Atom on the Cosmos hub. And not just our Atom, but also our Osmo, our Juno, etc. We want to figure out a way to do this responsibly, and to us, responsibly means in a decentralized manner and in a way that promotes the the health and decentralization of our host chains. Um,
1: yeah, awesome. Thanks, thanks, John. I, I see a question, so I'm going to invite up Cosmos Django um, to this. Oh, excellent. So can ask. Yeah, um, great. Ask a question that he has. Welcome, Cosmos Django. I think you're muted right now, so. Um, happy for you to go as soon as you unmute
4: oh yeah thank you so much and um thank you guys for hosting the space cuz i know um yeah i had some questions for you guys so good that you guys can share it in a more public manner um i mean yeah my my question was obviously towards um reinforcing the like more distributed nature of the cosmos hub you know, Osmosis and various liquid stake chains through Stride by, you know, instead of picking the top 40, you could pick the lower, longer tail of Cosmos valid or, uh, yeah, validators on, you know, Osmo, Juno uh, and Cosmos Hub. So it was, it was mostly uh, around that because then we could see that, you know, if, if it were the default um, in the top 40, then it reinforces the further concentration of liquidity on the top 40, obviously.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. John, I'll let you go.
3: Oh yeah, I can take that. Um, first of all, um, uh, it's Django, right?
4: Yeah, pretty much, or... yeah. I mean, it's Django, <laughs> but uh, you know, like if it's easier for you to remember, it's just like Django and Chain, like the movie.
3: Oh, okay, a uh, Chango. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for coming. Um, I know we were chatting earlier today, so thanks for um, accepting my invitation and coming out tonight. Um, yeah, to answer that question, That's true. Currently, our default set is, um, you know, basically take the top 30 or 40 validators for our host chains. So that's what we're actually doing right now on the Cosmos Hub, on Juno, on Osmosis. That's our default. And we only put that default in place because um, our process that we're embarking on right now of responsibly selecting host chain validators is quite involved. And it's going to take quite some time. Uh, it's going to take about the next month just for the Cosmos Hub. Um, so when Stride got started back in September, just for the sake of uh, expediency, but also security, uh, we kind of wanted to start slow and gradually. That's why we put this default set in place for the Cosmos Hub and our other host chains. Um, so that's that's very, very temporary. And that's not a long-term thing at all. Um, and your suggestion is very good. Like We should maybe concentrate all our delegation in the bottom half of the set to promote decentralization. And that does make a lot of sense for decentralization, but uh, maybe we'll get into this a bit more later. But what we're really aiming to do is to do two things at once, both um, promote decentralization, but also the health of our host chains. And by health, we mean um, delegating to validators that really contribute a lot. And a lot of the validators in the top 10 do contribute quite a lot. That's why they're in the top 10. So, uh, like, very briefly, uh, it, there is some nuance to it. But what we're trying to do is delegate 25% of, like, like let's say it's Adam. We want to delegate 25% of Strides Adam to each um, 25 percentiles in the um in the set of active validators so what i mean by that is uh there are some validators that get excluded and of course we can only consider the ones that apply but we take those and then we rank them based on existing delegations and then we say 25 percent of the atom that we have to delegate goes to the top 100 to 75th percentile 25 goes to the 75th to 50th percentile etc so that way we evenly distribute our atom across the entire active set, but then within each um, percentile range, we call them cohorts, within each of those, we delegate based on contributions. Um, So effectively, what that gets you is uh, we're delegating based on contributions as a function of how much money a validator is making. Because if it were just based on contributions, then obviously the biggest validators who make the most money, they make the biggest contributions, they would get the, the delegation. So that's kind of how the ICF does it. But we're looking to, like, if there's a very small validator, they're not making much money. But considering the money they are making, they contribute quite a lot, then we want to reward that validator and hopefully, you know, help them to move up the ranks. Um, that was a lot. I know, uh, maybe you want to ask a follow up or clarifying question.
4: Yeah, I mean, that that certainly makes sense. But it, it's also like, not one to one that you correlate the amount of stake with the amount of contributions um, a delegator has made. I mean, so I, I uh, worked on the delegation program when we first started it at Tendermint. Um, like I started it with with Adriana and a couple of people before ICF started it. And then we passed the torch to the ICF. So then so, I mean, it, it is slightly based on contribution, but it also it has a lot of legacy elements to it when there were um, like only the older set of Genesis validators around uh, when the delegation program was instantiated. So it's, it, yeah, it's like, it's, it, it's not fully true is what, is what I'm trying to say, right? And obviously, um, you know, at the time we were trying to eliminate conflicts of interests And we excluded certain validators who, like, at the time were working at Tendermint. So um, that's another factor to consider as well. So and I only say this because, like, you know, I myself run a validator, right, Um, in the lower half of the tier. And, um, you know, it's, it's like not that just because you're in the like below the top 40 that you don't contribute as much as the top 40 do.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um uh yeah, I must say I I am kind of like humbled that you decided to to join our space here. Um you're definitely a Cosmos OG and um like I I, I feel like kind of young compared to you um in the space even though I've been here for about a year, but um so thanks for the comments. Um but yeah, uh, like I was trying to explain um with the way stride does it um according to our Host Chain Validator Selection Plan. Theoretically, like I, I think this is what really excites me. Theoretically, um, the first validator in the active set could receive as big a delegation from Stride as the 175th validator in the active set. Um, like that's, that's what the system is supposed to achieve.
4: Does it currently include all of the exchanges? Like Binance and Coinbase and like Paradigm, for example, who like charge 100% commission? (laughs)
3: Um, Well, currently, no. Um, Currently, we have made the decision to exclude exchange validators. And um, also we exclude all uh, like right now we're doing the top 30 validators that are not an exchange validator and do not have a commission in excess of 10%, I think. Um, But for this plan that we're working on right now, uh, we don't exclude uh, exchange validators as a default position. Um, We really see no need to exclude them. They could apply if they wanted to. Um, I don't think Coinbase or Binance have applied yet, and they probably won't. But they could apply if they wanted to, and we would consider them. And... um, Like one of the big considerations is contributions. So they would have to fill out an application just like everybody else. And then our advisory council would take a look at that. And if in the opinion of the advisory council, um, Coinbase and Binance and Kraken and Paradigm actually did contribute, then they might get a delegation from us. Of course, um, at the end of the day, Stride token holders would have to approve it as well. Because there's, like I said, the process is a bit involved and it's all written out. in a pretty detailed manner on our governance forum, um, our Commonwealth. Um, uh, there are lots of checks and balances. That's what I'm trying to say.
4: Yeah, it, it's it's also a precarious position you're being put in as a lower top forty validator, because like if you're trying to chase yield from the osmosis pool between like you know st Osmo and Osmo or like st Adam and and uh, Os- and Adam or Osmo um, you know, and, and you're not part of the validator set, you're remove. you're like taking away a stake that otherwise would be going into your own validator. So, you know, it's, it's like just the incentives are weird.
3: Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And, uh, if I had a um, validator on the Cosmos hub and I were considering, um, uh, undelegating some of my atom and then giving it to Stride, I would definitely feel I'm somewhat compromised, like you're describing. Um, but yeah, the way the plan is designed, uh, if your validator happens to be number forty, um, then I think if if you run the whole process, uh, you you could theoretically get as much um, of a delegation from Stride as anybody else. Uh, it base it's based on your contributions.
4: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Um, that answers my question and thank you for considering my feedback.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Cosmos Chango. That's, that's, that's really helpful. I think there is, um, there's a good point to be uh, that those are some, some pretty good points. I think we have another question from stake and relax. So, so I'm going to let you guys up here to speak. Um, and yeah, feel free to feel free to ask your question when you're
5: up and ready to go. Hello and thank you you're you're kind of, yeah. Hello and thank you for having me again. Um I have actually two questions. And the first question is um regarding governance. So if you delegate to the validators and um as as you um just explained by yourself you're planning to be the, the biggest liquid staking um, provider in the future. Uh, if you delegate to the validators do you then just don't vote in, in governance processes. For for example, the, the um, cosmos hub, and let the validator decide um, on these proposals uh, on the future proposals. Or um, do you vote um, on behalf of straight and override the decisions of the validators? And the second question is: um, Which constraints does it have to be in the in the council? For example, you're in the council for the cosmos hub. Can you still apply, for example, on the um, delegation program for the Unobly data
3: set? Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, good. yeah. Good yeah. I was thinking you should answer that, Shaw.
6: Yeah, yeah, I haven't answered the first one. And, uh, yeah, so, so on the governance, it's a really good question. Um, and so we're, we're working pretty hard right now to get a governance out. So, so the, right now the state is, we, uh, the, the vote is up to the validator and Stride does not uh, overwrite the vote. What we'd like to do is allow the ST Adam itself to vote on behalf of Stride. Um, we have this like partially working, but not fully working yet. And the, the, just to give you a sense of where we're at, um, it's pretty easy to make a system so you uh, can vote with your ST atoms on Stride. Like you lock them up on Stride, you lock them up for the, the two weeks, or whatever it is. Um, and do your vote and push out. Uh, don't think that's going to be received that well because a lot of atom is not, our ST atom is not held on Stride. So what we want to do is have some way for users to uh, uh, lock up their tokens on a different uh, chain, and then vote through those. So, for example, lock up the statum on Osmosis, like a bonded pool, and then vote through that. Not 100, we're, we're not quite uh, done, uh, like the, the queries required for this, uh, but the hope is to have this out uh, for pretty soon. Um, so, so when that's out, then, then uh, SG Atom holders could vote, and then those votes would be aggregated up and voted on behalf of, of Stride. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you.
5: Because and- I, I was just asking, because um, in my opinion, that's also like one of the um, risks of liquid staking, right? Because if Strike could just like vote on behalf of of the staked uh, assets, that would be uh, actually a, a huge risk for governance, especially if they uh, overreach
6: thirty two percent. Yeah, to to yeah. And to, 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 you yeah. to, even now you know a mechanism for us about the tokens right now? Um, so it's not like anyone, uh, unlike the, any of the devs could vote or anything like that. Uh, it's truly, uh, it's not possible to vote right now, but when we, when we, we do really want to roll this out. We just want to roll it out carefully. There's a number of like, uh, governance related attacks that are exposed if you roll this out poorly. So we're just, we want to be really thoughtful about the way we bring governance out, but hoping to do it, uh, this year.
3: And then, um, with regard to your second question about the council, um, I think just about everybody has a uh, conflict of interest in the Cosmos. Uh, if you're influential enough, then you're probably going to have a validator either on the Cosmos Hub or somewhere else. Um, so I think we probably would um, potentially allow somebody with a validator to be part of the advisory council. But what we would do in that case, uh, we would we would um, insist that they rescue themselves from uh, um, evaluating their own. Validator. So the the way the advisory council works is there's five people on the advisory council. They independently evaluate each uh, validator that has applied and they uh, give it a score. And then those scores are averaged out. So uh, if somebody had their own validator, then they just wouldn't evaluate that validator. They would rescue themselves. And uh, instead of averaging it out of five, uh, it would be averaged out of four. So uh, that's how it would work there. And I think that would be fine. And I think that's pretty prudent because, like I said, um, lots of people have their own validators, like especially the most influential people, which are the people we want on this council.
5: Yes, and I'm just asking because I, I see also there a risk. For example, if you're like in a council for, for Atom and have a validator on, on Uno. Just, um, if you know somebody that you're well, evaluating, you just text them and say, like, hey, I give you a better grade if you give me a better grade on the other council for, for my UNO um, note, for example. That was the reason why I was asking. But thank you for clarifying the, the question.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's totally possible. Um, with it, it's a five-person council, and um, there could be some corruption that creeps in. Uh, but like any governance system, this governance system has lots of checks and balances. Um, Like I said, there are five people on the council, and it is averaged out over five people. And then also there's the check and balance of stride token holders ultimately having to vote on this. So the advisory council is just that. Um, They don't really do anything. um, They don't have executive power. They just recommend their set to stride governance. And if stride governance says like, hey, this is kind of fishy, or I think there's something wrong with the council, or this is a really bad recommendation, then stride governance um, comprised of stride token holders is probably going to veto that recommendation. And then we might have to get another council or something like that. Um, But that does also underscore the value of holding stride token. Um, Some people um, may feel like it's a good idea to hold a significant amount of stride token so that they can participate in the governance process and they can, um, you know, make sure that these councils are actually accountable. And, um, right now, again, to, to reiterate this point right now, stride has 430 atom. That's a lot, but maybe not that much. Um, but when we have millions, then I think there are going to be some concerned, um, persons or entities that may want to really take an active role in stride governance and, have a significant stake just so that they can make sure that um, make sure that um, just to make sure that they have an influence. Um, And that's, that's why we're tomorrow we're airdropping a lot of stride. Um, We're giving it out for free. And uh, if people want to hold their stride token and have that influence over governance and keep governance accountable, then they can. And uh, if not, then maybe they'll sell it. Uh, We'll see what happens tomorrow.
1: Yeah, it might be might be a good time. Sorry, sake and relax. I just just want to check that that answers your question before we, we we step any further. Yes, all good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. Um I think it might be a good time, John, Aiden, um, Joel, just to just to touch on kind of the, the actual workflow of the plan. Um because I think that the, uh, that's something we should probably kind of home in on. I think one point that has come up is is kind of Centralization risk, and, and John, you brought up a few times that you know Stride token holders make the ultimate decision on whether to approve a kind of certain delegation set um, or not. So, so do you wanna? Do one of you guys want to walk through um, kind of this actual process,
7: Aiden? Maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let John do this one. I think John is uh, the subject matter
2: expert here and very eloquent as well.
3: Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go through this. Um... So, yeah, generally, there's really three things to keep in mind with the Stride host chain validator selection plan. First of all, Stride token holders get the final say, as I've been saying. Um, They are the ultimate authority, and they're actually the only ones with authority. Stride token holders have the executive authority to approve or deny um, validator sets that are presented to them. And uh, I should point out, uh, according to the Stride tokenomics, 50% of the Stride token supply is being distributed to communities throughout the cosmos, through airdrops and LP incentives and staking rewards, 50% of the supply. So that's 50% of the vote. Um, This is not a project where um, like, because of the tokenomics, uh, the insiders and the VCs will always have an overriding amount of control. It's not like that at all. We're actually giving away 50% of the supply. And so, you know, quite soon, This is gonna be a very, very democratic system. Uh, So that's one important thing, Stride token holders ultimately get the final say. The second element is um, we really wanna cultivate a governance culture where we do the best things for our host chains. So for instance, uh, we really don't wanna have a governance culture where we only pick host chain validators that have 0% commission because ultimately that would be what's best for Stride. What's best for stride is validators with 0% commission because then ST token holders get a higher yield. That's what's best for stride, but we really don't want to cultivate that culture. Uh, We wanna have a culture that uh, does the best thing for our host chains. So, and we think that's to decentralize them and to promote the network health of our host chains. So we're trying to kind of inculcate those values into governance from from a very early stage because like this is still pretty early days of stride, and we're trying to set a very good, responsible precedent. And then, thirdly, um, in order to have our validator sets to to do it in like a fair and organized and systematic way, we are going to have these advisory councils. Um, and then I can, yeah, um, like um, yeah. What what do you think about that? I don't want to just keep going and going. There's more I I can say, but uh,
1: yeah, I think, I think it's good. Uh, I I think that's a a very clear way of of describing it. And hopefully, you know, the people in this space who kind of had lingering questions around um, some of those, those factors now have some clarity on it. And I think it's, you know, maybe it's worth even us going a bit deeper on um, kind of the curation process here as as sort of like a next step. (laughs) um in terms of, you know, what are some of the criteria that that um the, the council members will be taking decisions on. Um what are some criteria that we're thinking of of maybe not including um kind of you know that preclude people from from joining the set like like extremely young validators or validators that don't meet uptime and commission um thresholds. Um so maybe maybe we should dive into that next, seeing as there's there's uh, no pressing questions yet from from the audience.
3: Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So, um, if you're in the audience right now and you happen to have a validator, and you want to apply uh, to be part of Stride's Cosmos Hub set, um, here's what we're going to do with the applications. So, uh, and one thing I should point out first, um, we want to you know decentralize our host chains and also promote network health, but we also have to be cognizant that uh, we have to pick performant validators, and we really, really wanna mitigate the risk of slashing because if one of our validators gets slashed, that slashing penalty is actually socialized across all um, holders of that particular ST token. So uh, if a Cosmos Hub validator slashed, that impacts all ST atom holders, that's not a good thing. Uh, We really wanna mitigate that. So if you submit an application, here's what's gonna happen. First of all, we are going to exclude young validators that don't yet have a performance track record and for that threshold we're thinking six months um there has been some talk of maybe setting it to three months um it's not entirely set in stone at this point maybe somebody can comment on that Um, but we do want to have that threshold like you need to have been on the host chain for a certain amount of time you need to have a track record um just so that we know you're actually a performant validator secondly uh we're with that track, track record, we're going to exclude validators that don't meet a certain uptime threshold um, and vote governance participation threshold. And also uh, there's going to be a commission threshold. So for the commission one, you can't charge more than 10% commission. Um, you can charge zero if you want. Um, we don't have a particular problem with that. It's a political issue and we want to kind of steer clear of that, but um, you can't charge more than 10%. So those are just some basic criteria. And um, after that, we take all the validators that are left and we rank them according to existing delegations. We divide them into um, four cohorts. So the top one hundred uh, the top one hundredth uh, percentile to the seventy fifth percentile in terms of delegations is in one cohort, and then the seventy fifth to the fiftieth is in another cohort. And then in each cohort, we kind of rank those validators against each other uh, and the, the advisory council is going to do that. Um, and then the scores for the advisory council are averaged out. And then 25% of strides. Um, if it's the cosmos hub, 25% of strides, Adam delegation goes to each of those four cohorts. And then like you've got your, you've got your validator set and then that is recommended to um stride on chain governance that's just recommended and then the community can discuss it and if the community of stride token holders approves then they'll vote on chain and it'll be implemented and um yeah that's about how it works and maybe maybe you're thinking right now oh that's pretty involved that's pretty technical pretty complicated Um, and it is it takes about a month to do this process and there's a lot of moving parts But um, this is kind of the length that we feel it's appropriate to go to to ensure that we are actually delegating our tokens in a responsible manner, because um, it's our responsibility as well, it's the responsibility of Stride Protocol to earn the trust of the cosmos. And um, we're really trying to do that here.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a great way of putting it. I think um, I just want to make sure that people know I saw a lot of kind of new new heads popping up. But um you're welcome to ask any question at any point in time. Just just please request to be brought up to the stage and, and I'll do that for you. And and then you're able to answer um ask your question which which we'll answer. Um, so really there's no kind of questions at the end. Feel free to ask whenever you want. Um, I guess a, a kind of natural segue, John, is kind of, you know, what are the alternatives that we talked about? I mean, you know, there's it's kind of talk about like Letting a small group of people choose, um, or letting you know, just like us choosing, or um, an intense model, or you know, even delegating to a protocol owned validator on each chain. I mean, what do you see? A couple of these are have have kind of obvious problems that that are outright. For example, if you just delegated to a protocol owned validator on each chain, there would be you know a huge risk of centralization, um, and you know, obviously that there's a there's a bad case there that that leads to, you know, loss of funds for for a lot of people. And and so um, we don't want to do that, but maybe with the intense model and letting a, another small group choose, like, do you want to go through and like maybe outline some of these problems?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. And this is very interesting, uh, I think, um, examining the pros and cons of our particular plan and then considering other plans um, because there are many ways you can do this. And um, I think it's... Um, Really wonderful that there are so many liquid staking providers that are going to be coming online in the Cosmos. Um, Some that are currently online, some that'll be coming online in the next few months. Uh, I think it's wonderful that there's such a diversity of liquid staking providers. And um, as it happens, um, we know that the liquid staking providers throughout the Cosmos are going to be doing this in different ways, and um, it's going to create a very, um, a very interesting natural experiment. So everybody's going to run their experiment and we'll see which one ends up being the best. And um, in terms of the other options available, we know that Lido, which is a liquid staking provider that will be on the Neutron blockchain, and also Pstake, which is going to be on the Persistence blockchain, both those two liquid staking providers are going to go ahead of um, having a small group of team members um, picking the validator set. So like, People in charge of the Lido, um, in charge of the Lido liquid staking, um, you know the people who make it. They're just going to pick the validator set, and I'm sure they'll have a rubric and I'm sure they'll have criteria. But it's just going to be a small group of insiders who pick the set. And um, there's definitely some pros to that approach. Um, one, it's way simpler than what we're trying to do. Um, two, you get to have like a lot of control. Because uh, with Stride, we are giving up control. We're giving up control to the community, to um, our token holders, to the advisory council members. And it could be with our method that maybe one validator sneaks in there and he gets slashed. And that might not be a good thing. Um, you could probably prevent that to a greater degree if you were just like handpicking a group. If it were like a, a small group of insiders and they were handpicking a small amount of validators. Um but it's really not decentralized, is it? And you got to ask yourself, like, are they getting kickbacks? That's like, a, a, I don't want to make accusations or anything, but obviously like you guys understand it's um, like a, a situation that's really ripe for having kickbacks. Like a validator could approach the team members of this liquid staking provider and say like, hey, I'll give you a kickback if you give me delegations, you know? and you can have relationships like this that form And that's really not a good thing at all. And um, ultimately, if a small group has control, then they could just re-delegate whenever they wanted to. And um, that's not what we want to do with Stride. With Stride, we want to do this in a more responsible way. We want it to be transparent. We want it to be decentralized. We want as many people to be involved as possible. And that's one of the reasons we're having this conversation right now. Um, We're just thinking out loud. We're talking to the community. We really don't want this to be like a thing that happens behind closed doors.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a, a most important point that, that this is kind of something where we really want kind of everyone's feedback and we want to make sure that everyone understands why we are um, why we're going in this direction. And, and I think that hopefully this space has been has been pretty instructive on, on that front. Um, I think, you know, the, the applications. Are, OK, we, we have a question from Shrut or Shruti. Um, is it Shrut? Is that is that correct? Yeah. You're, you're, you're on stage. You can, you can uh, unmute truth and and you can maybe Maybe you covered this already. I came in a little bit late, but I think one way to kind of avoid that is um, if everyone that is on this council is doing like a private ballot and then at the end of, you know, their determinations, I think it would be, those things should be published, how they scored all the validators that applied. So maybe people could, look for inconsistencies amongst the council. I think that would maybe help to kind of prevent what you're talking about, obviously, unless it's systemic and they approach all five uh, members of the council, but I think posting their scores uh, publicly instead of keeping it private would probably really help to uh, deter some of that probably won't stop it, but at least deter it because you might be able to, you know, peg people that are on the take.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic suggestion. And um, we are, going to do that. Um, however, uh, we are going to anonymize it because um, we think it's fair just to anonymize it. Um, Stride, Stride Labs, we will be aware of the, the scores that each of the council members uh, assign to each of the validators. Um, but when we do release that information publicly, we will anonymize it um, just for their privacy. Um, and also, this, this advisory council we're talking about, it's not going to be a static thing. Um, also, I, I haven't even pointed out um, something key. We're going to redo this process for the Cosmos Hub every three months. Um, so every three months, we're going to kind of start from scratch uh, and just consider what validators we should be delegating to. And then we'll redelegate um, all of our Atom. Um, and each time we do a round, so every three months, we're going to have probably a slightly different council um maybe we'll rotate one person every time or rotate two per- people every time something like that and that's going to keep it from being like an entrenched elite circle of power you know like it might be with lido like with lido if it were just that team and they had all the say about the host chain validators um and there was no transparency that situation like i said it's kind of ripe for kickbacks or like even if there isn't something like that going on there would be potentially a suspicion of that going on. And with Stride, we just want to be as open and honest and transparent and, and as above suspicion as possible. So uh thanks for the feedback.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks. I think we uh we have another question from Stake and Relax. So I'm gonna bring you up onto the
5: stage. Yeah, you're you're there, stake and relax. You can you can go for it. You're just muted. Yes, thank you. It's so a little question uh, regarding to to um, what um, he just asked. Um, is the score provided to the to the validator so the validator can um, revise his score and see like okay, here I'm weak, here I can improve, or is it like completely anonymous and just like for the um, jury?
1: I mean, sorry, just just to clarify, on do you
2: mean like will
1: the name of Will the names of the council and how they ranked them be provided to the validators? Is that, is that your question? Because the, the how the validators were ranked is going to be provided um, to everyone. So you'll be able to see what you were scored. Uh, is your question like, will, will you be able to see did XYZ person score you such um, if you're a validator? Is that, is that what you're asking?
5: Um, the question is, like, um, is, it, is it able for a validator to see why they, they scored a certain score?
2: Oh, so some feedback. Exactly.
3: Um, you know what? I hadn't considered that. And um, so thank you for asking that question. Um, do you think we should ask that of our council members? Um, what do you think we should do?
5: So I see it from two ways. From one side, it's always good to give like feedback to improve. From the other side, I see the danger of of being gamed, right? So if you see like, okay, hey, these are uh, the important points to get delegation from stride, just optimize for that. And it could be good. It could be improved um, the operation and everything. From the other side, if you just optimize to get delegation, um, it's also not good. But in the end, it's improvement. So I would suggest provide that to the validator as well.
3: Yeah, uh, we'll definitely consider that. Um, have you been able to find um, our rubric yet? Because we have a document that is the rubric um, that the council members will use to make their evaluations. Have you taken a look at that?
5: Actually, not now. I don't have time or I didn't find it yet, but I will also apply for, for the jury. And we're super interested in that, um, as I'm also not able to get delegation for the Cosmos Hub because we're not validating there yet. So I'm looking forward to be in the, in the jury, if possible.
3: Yeah, you should apply. And um, I think if you take a look at our council application, there should be a link there that provides the rubric. And the rubric has, um, it's pretty detailed. There's three um, there's three categories of contributions that council members will be considering. There's engineering contributions, um, Also, uh, public goods contributions and community contributions. And uh, if you're familiar with the way the Interchain Foundation does it, um, you'll be able to easily understand how we do it because it's the exact same thing. Um, I kind of copied and pasted it. Uh, No reason to reinvent the wheel, Um, but that's what it is. And Like you can see, it's pretty thorough. It, It does basically tell you as a validator exactly what you should be doing to get a good score from a council member.
2: All right, check it out. Thank you. <clears throat> Great. Um, I guess do we have uh do we have
1: any more speakers? I I'm pretty happy or or do we have any questions or or you know, John, do you have any more points or Aiden or Vishal that, that you guys would like to make? I'm I'm pretty happy with the ground we covered today. I think we, we touched on a lot of the key points. Um oh, We we uh, could uh, go over the
3: the intense have, uh, model.
1: Yeah, we we have a request from from Bro and Bro, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add him um, add him up as a validator. Guys,
8: you're 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 good to go. Oh, great. Bro, here uh, I have a question regarding young validar- validators, as you said. Uh, you speak about Cosmos validators, correct? Or you speak about validation at all? I mean, uh, today we started to validate Cosmos Hub only from August. And I believe it's only three months, but we validate in osmosis, osmosis from Genesis. So it's like more than a year, and it's a question.
3: Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, the way I was talking about it was just for the Cosmos hub. Um, what I meant to say was a validator has to be on the Cosmos hub for six months before we can consider them. Uh, however, um, this is probably like the most common thing that um, validators have talked to us about. The most common piece of feedback we've gotten has been that six months might be a bit too long. Um, we might want to revise that to three months. But um, even if we do revise it, like a validator definitely needs a track record on the particular chain that we're considering. Even if they have 20 nodes on 20 other chains. Um, I do think they really should have a track record and, um, I really don't want to make exceptions for particular validators if they're validating in other places already. Um, cause making exceptions kind of can make things difficult and can make certain people upset. I really want to have to make it as systematic and consistent as possible. But, um, but what do you think? Do you think we should go with three months instead of six months?
8: It's a difficult question. Like, if we will speak about us, why we didn't validate the Cosmos Cup previously? Each time when active set was uh, increased, we don't have tokens just to start validating, unfortunately. And only this August we could try. We we found money or tokens to start validating Cosmos. So I don't know, to be honest. Like three or six months. Three is more than enough. Like uh, if we speak about young young validators that uh, started validated, started to validate Cosmos Hub, like only Cosmos Hub, for example, and other chains. Also, it will be a good idea to check just how many time validator was jailed, for example, in other chains. For sure, also, because all chains. In cosmos ecosystem, the same cosmos is decay. So, like, it, it, it's not rocket science how to validate osmosis or cosmos. It's it's the same, just the same. So I I can't ask, answer on your question. Should we decrease it from six to three months? For sure, I will say decrease it to, to three months so we can be eligible for these uh, delegations. So. <laughs> I'm a wrong person to uh, telling you how you should do.
3: Okay, yeah, fair enough. I understand. Um, what do you guys think, Vishal and Aiden? Um, what do you think about six months versus three months? And uh, just just to be clear for context, like the whole purpose is to protect Stride um, users, so ST token holders. Um, because we don't want validators that might get slashed. We want validators that have a proven track record of performance on the particular chain. Um, do you guys think three months is long enough to establish a proven track record?
6: Yeah, it, it's a good question. And I totally hear uh, we're coming from Bro and Bro with, the, with three months. I think the, uh, it, it's better, well, well the, really, uh, we would defer to the community. So if people have a strong feeling one way or the other, you know. I think that's the most important thing. But my my gut reaction is uh, initially it might be better to steer towards the six months, and then happy or uh, and then have people um, either wait three months to submit their application again because we're running these pretty often, um, or maybe uh, if there's no validators who've only been there for three months, it might be worth it to like make the threshold wider. But it seems okay to me to have you wait a little bit longer to establish records in this, uh, new, new space. Um, because the grants can I think six months isn't that long. Uh, but, uh, uh curious what you think too, Aiden. And, and again, really would, uh, mostly defer to the community here. Yeah. Well,
7: one thing I will say is because we rerun this process so frequently, even if we choose six months, um, and you're over three months, but under six months, you'll only have to wait three months to be eligible. Um, so it's not that long. On, on the other hand, personally, I, Probably feel that three months is long enough, but it's like Vishal said; it's really up to the the community at the end of the day. Um, another thing we'd need to consider is young chains. So Stride uh, will support, you know, um, ideally new Cosmos chains as they come online. Um, and for these chains, uh, we'll need to make the choice of either um, choosing some set based on a fixed criteria for the first six months until everyone's eligible or we'll need to make an exception there. So I think there's some edge cases. Um, Maybe one edge case to think about is if a validator is big on one chain, they might not necessarily have the best interests of another chain um, at heart, so they could still do something bad. In practice, I don't really see this happening um, because if a validator is big on one chain and they uh, join a new chain, and they do something bad on that chain, I think they'll, they'll definitely get on delegations on the other chain and they might even get slashed on the other chain if they did something bad enough. Um, so I, I would, I think I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Um, and I also hear your point around validating different Cosmos chains being technically very similar. So I, I think those are some really good arguments. Uh, and then there's just a question of complexity. You know, this is already a very complex process. It, it might not be worth, um, uh, building around this edge case when you will be eligible after uh, just three more months of waiting. So I, I think it's a bit of a complex question, but um, yeah, ultimately up to the community.
3: Yeah, these are some good points. And then one other thing I can add is uh, think about it from the perspective of somebody who has, say, uh, maybe $500,000 worth of ST Atom. Like that person with $500,000 worth of ST Atom is liquid staking his Atom as opposed to delegating his Adam himself. Now, if he were delegating his Adam himself, would he delegate that much Adam to a validator younger than six months on the Cosmos hub? Um, he probably wouldn't, he would probably be quite risk averse. So um, we should consider that perspective as well.
8: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, um, John. <laughs> Just a question, Remember. sorry guys. Uh, Did you see any information in Kepler, for example, or in Cosmos Station when Validator was set up? Like If a young new user will come to Cosmos ecosystem He will see for top 20 possible and then the lowest Commission
2: That's all
3: Uh, (laughs) That is a good point Uh, we were kind of just assuming uh, you'd be able to see it somewhere. Um, I'm, You know what? You can't see it on the blockchain. I mean, it could take a few steps, but all you have to do is, um, on Terra anyway, I'm pretty familiar with how it works on Terra, and I know that's slightly different, but you just look up their address, and then you see when that address created the validator. Um, it, the, the information is there on the blockchain. I'm not sure how accessible it is, though
8: yes yes for sure you 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 can find this information, but a new user again if you're not familiar with blockchain, if you're a really new user, like he cannot do this yeah i think I think that's a fair point, but uh
1: just to kind of loop back to what what John was saying we're we're catering as well as for the new user, we want to be able to be kind of felt uh you know be on par with something that someone with five hundred thousand dollars and atom is um, or an ST, an ST Adam is, is comfortable kind of delegating to. And, and, you know, that's like a different profile and that's, that's a more risk risk averse profile. And, you know, it's kind of unlikely that, um, a new user is able to do that. But I think the, you know, the, the, the bag holder for lack of a better word, um, will kind of take a more educated approach. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of like, I guess, two sides of that coin. Right. Um, and for, for that person who's, liquid staking a lot, they'll they'll take the few extra steps to to kind of find out, um, which is which is something we need to be cognizant of. Because at the end of the day, we do want to be kind of you know the, the liquid staking protocol for everyone, and and we want to be taking measures such that I guess people feel that are um, are are, are risk averse in that sense.
2: Um, but I, I appreciate what you're what you're saying, bro, and bro. I think that that's like a pretty fair point. Um, yeah um okay i uh we have a couple more questions um i'm gonna give it to blocks united first because
1: they had requested to speak first. but i see you there stay and relax so blocks united you're you're up
2: you're uh you're unmuted uh, you're on mute um by the way
9: oh i'm sorry i didn't realize you were speaking to me because i coughed um you know i have just a couple comments and then, and then i guess maybe a question. I was thinking about the 60 versus the 30 days when considering validators for the cohorts and and then also thinking about just the cohort grades themselves where um, validators are competing with each other in a healthy way I think to um, participate and thus advance the ecosystem and uh, I think that uh, the 30 days does just encourage competition and it it keeps the parts moving I think. And uh, you know, or maybe even it can vary per cohort, where maybe one cohort is just deemed as being a slightly more aggressive bet than another. And so you guys do 30 days with one cohort and 60 with the rest. Um, and so those are just my thoughts. And then um the only thing that I was kicking around, and and maybe it's just a topic for another day, was just if you were able to recap how the uh staked atom maintains its peg to the atom. Um and uh that's it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, sure.
3: I can respond to that. Um, um, it, it is uh, not quite 30 days and 60 days. Uh, what we were talking about is three months versus six months. Um, yeah. And that's what I meant. The, I'm with sorry, the cohort, That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to be clear, like for everybody listening. Yeah. I, I know it's just a little slip, but um, also the cohorts, um, I, you would have to, because you would have to like have one standard that you use for all the cohorts because um, it, it, it would just have to be one standard. Um, you don't, it's the cohorts don't really work like that where you like break it up too much. Uh, there would have to be one standard that you use for all the cohorts for these certain threshold issues. Um, but in terms of the peg, I can go into that uh, if you'd like. That's quite interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, well, it's a lot of fun. And the great thing is the peg maintains itself. Uh, We do not arbitrage it ourselves at Stride. The free market performs the arbitrage action and keeps the price of um, ST Atom where it should be. And the way it works is like this. So first of all, um, just to be clear, the price of ST Atom is constantly appreciating against the price of Atom. So uh, all of our um, staked Atom is in a pool and all of the uh, staking rewards get reinvested into that pool, so it compounds. Um, so since it's compounding, um, like if you if you put down one atom, if you deposit one atom, and then Stride issues the, you one ST atom in a year, you're still gonna have one ST atom, but now it's gonna be worth uh, 1.2 atom, because the atom in the pool are constantly auto compounding. And so we have a pool in osmosis then, which is ST Atom and Atom. And the question is, how do we make sure that that pool constantly increases the price of ST Atom? And the way it works is um, there's a redemption rate on the Stride blockchain, and that's constantly going up because that's the price. Uh, if you put down one ST Atom, how many Atom could you redeem? And that's constantly going up because of the auto compounding I talked about. So on the market, uh, so in our osmosis pool, um, if the price of ST Atom is below the redemption rate, then somebody's going to buy ST Atom and bring it to Stride and redeem it, and they'll make a profit. You see, because if if Stride is worth less on Osmosis, then it can be used to redeem Atom on the Stride blockchain. Somebody's going to buy it off Osmosis, which adds buy pressure and increases the price of ST Atom. So that's how the price. Uh, if the peg were ever off to the downside, that's how the free market would bring it back up. Um, but if the peg were off to the upside, then what you would do is and uh, I'm not quite the circumstances that would break the peg to the upside are kind of hard to imagine. um it would really be an ed- an edge case, but if the peg ever did break to the upside, then all you would have to do is take atom um, deposit it on the stride blockchain um, and then mint st atom and then you would sell it on osmosis and add sell pressure and that would price bring the price down Um, uh, hopefully that was uh, clear enough to understand but um the magic thing about it is stride doesn't have to do anything the free market just takes care of it on its own and um, there are bots Uh, we've been able to observe bots that perform this arbitrage activity so it's not even regular users like you and i we would have a really hard time um, being able to snipe Um, an arbitrage opportunity. It's all bots that do it. And um, the bots are simply motivated by natural profit.
9: Uh, Thanks. I I guess my only other question would be if there is a um, short term, just a ton of sell pressure on Adam, is stake Adam going to fall faster than Adam? And then at that point, um, I guess, what's the plan to keep the peg if there aren't buyers?
3: Yep, that's true. Um, that's definitely a situation that sometimes arises with liquid staking. Um, uh, because, yeah, if if the price of Atom were constantly falling, uh, if somebody was holding ST Atom and they wanted to get out of Atom, um, they wouldn't want to use that ST Atom to redeem the Atom from stride and then sell that Atom on the market because that would take 21 days. So they would just sell their ST Atom because they'd want to get out of Atom There'd be lots of ST atom going into the pool, uh, lots of cell pressure at the peg would break to the downside. And in a situation like that, the market may not have an appetite to buy ST atom and give it to stride to redeem the underlying atom, because um, you have to be exposed to atom while you do that for 21 days. Um, so, like, the peg could break by 3%. And maybe there's no appetite, it would break by 5%. Maybe there's no appetite. If it breaks by 10%, maybe there would be appetite. Um, and yeah, that's just pretty much how it goes. But but two, it, two yeah, two, two, oh, two, okay, Vishal. Two,
6: yeah, yeah, just want to inject two, two, two quick things I'd add here. Um, but first, I totally agree with everything John said. But then there are two things that maybe are slightly different about Cosmos than maybe uh, exist on either other spaces. So the first is uh, redemptions are live on all Cosmos chains. So you can redeem your uh, ST atom for atom, and this is true for generally all the Cosmos chains. Um, it's not quite true for Ethereum because the beacon chain doesn't allow redemptions, um, but it will be, will be true. And so this gives you some kind of ability to do an arbitrage, even in US dollar terms. So as long as we're able to go short atom, if the peg I think, breaks more than like 2 or 2.5% two or something, uh, the, you can go short atom and execute the ARB. And then get like a USD guaranteed profit, basically. Um, and then the, the other thing that also changes slightly um, is LSM. So LSM should go live in the hub, hopefully, like pre- next early next year. Um, and when that happens, you're able to do redemptions uh, instantly, which makes running the arb not take 21 days, but run only uh you know one like one block. And so that that should also hopefully make uh, uh, redemptions a little, a little bit faster and makes the Dpeg uh, less likely. Yeah,
7: I actually, I tweeted a thread out about this. Um, I don't know if if you're able to pin this in the space, Um, but there is a floor for DPEGs, assuming if you make a few simplifying assumptions, so like no hacks, efficient markets, and um, an ability to purchase shorts. And it's a function of the cost to short and the unbonding period. Um, So for example, if Adam costs um, something like 2% to short for the duration of the unbonding period, and then SCATMD DPEGs by 3%. Um, you can short uh, for 2% and make a 1% ARB. And that's uh, closer to risk-free.
9: But is it all bots doing this or is it people? Uh,
7: this, would all be, this, this would all be bots. I mean, there, there might be some people doing this, um, but it's, I think it's just easier to do with bots. And uh, the, the sophistication of uh, the traders that are doing this, I think they, uh, they're sophisticated enough to write bots
9: to do this. So it's algorithms and hedge funds and stuff?
7: Uh, not necessarily, because it's an open system and all of the data is on-chain. Anyone that um, has sufficient capital and knows how to program these bots can do these. And I, I personally know, um, you know lots of friends that do sort of this type of thing. And um, they're, they're, not, um, they're not parts of hedge funds or anything like that. They're just regular people like you and I. Um, anyone can run this hard if you have the sufficient knowledge to do so.
9: I guess my my question is, and and look it, i'm I'm all for like the success here. I think it's all so cool, but it's still a science experiment at the end of the day. And so, you know, I guess I, I'm just wondering, you know, right now it's like risk on or risk off and um, economics has changed an awful lot over the last 20 years. And what, you know, what if there's just no appetite for risk and we get one of these crazy risk off events, you know, what's the plan if the, if the peg breaks and it breaks substantially and there are no buyers, how uh, how long can that go for before the project uh, it doesn't work anymore? I guess, you know, can you help explain that? Yeah. So, to,
6: uh, uh, absolutely, and this totally makes sense. So, the, the first, the first thing to just to, uh, maybe highlight is just how much leverage in the system right now. And so, right now, the system is entirely unlevered. Um, as far as we know, no one is borrowed against their ST atom, and so the market price of it is actually uh, n- n- not material at all right now because there's no forest market DPEGs. pegs. Um, and then uh, you, you can always check on chain how like on chain collateralized ST atom is by looking at how much atom we have uh, there versus how much ST atom has been issued. Uh, barring a hack or an attack, this ratio should always give you uh, something positive, a uh, positive number. That's going to give you like uh, j- j- just like the real world exchange rate. We're thinking about protocols we want to integrate into. A lot of them, first off, we're trying to integrate with this on-chain redemption rate, right? so it's not market price based, but rather based on uh, how much SD atom, how much atom are there uh, uh, custody by the protocol. Um, th- then, uh, but, but you know, uh, in the future, as DeFi proliferates a bit more. You definitely might expect a decent leverage embedded in the system. Uh, you don't want there to be, like, a, a real DPEG. Uh, I, I would say, like, like um, so if you make the assumption that someone in in the, some market participant can short Adam, which I, I think is generally available uh, to, to a lot of, like, to um participants, then you really can't get a DPEG. If you get a DPEG of, like, 10%, uh, it, it's hard to think of a situation where someone wouldn't go ARB that, because they could go short Adam, uh buy ST Adam for a 10% discount, and redeem it, and then in like 21 to 24 days, maybe a risk-free like 8% of their money. Um, and then it, it feels like sufficiently attractive. I and mean, you only only really need one participant to do that. Um, but even if that did happen, uh, there's nothing really that's bad. Like the, the stride is a protocol. Nothing happens to us. Like the protocol is never uh, levered inherently. Maybe you use other protocols that get levered. Uh, but, 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 you know, it's really up to, up to that protocol. And most of the you talk to don't, or aren't thinking of doing leverage over like two to three acts, at least to start with. Um, but r- really, because you can short, uh, or because you can redeem in uh, in Cosmos, and you can't eat, uh, you really should expect these DPEGS to be significantly less likely. Uh, particularly as the project gets more more prominent, and more people are aware of the opportunity. Um, and to, to give some color, we had uh, a, a slight uh, DPEG, I think, over the last and Defi Dojo, which is like a, a just uh, like a big uh, educational space for a Defi. I'm uh, part of it. That was advertised there. Uh, They're talking about how, oh, like, you know, us retail users you know go buy this and execute this ARB. And there's also people who are naturally kind of long out who I think we want to do this. Uh, well, one example, uh, to just just uh, like someone like the ICF or informal or lots of groups who just have lots of atom lying around. And as long as there's any group in here who's holding long-term atom exposure, it should be willing to buy its datum at a discount and convert right back to Adam. Um, and, and so o- overall, I mean, Pretty optimistic that that the same kind of SE situation won't, won't occur again uh, here.
2: Awesome, well, thank you so much for your time.
6: Thank uh, you so much. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and it is a great question, and thanks so much for asking. Um, it's yeah. we've definitely we've thought a lot about, like how important is this bag, and how how tightly can we hold
8: it?
9: Well, hmm. yeah, you know, and. Uh... I've been through three or four bear markets, depending on how you look at it. And, uh, you know, what happened this past June when Terra went down and there just were no buyers. And then it's like, you know, uh, it's sure it was a great arb opportunity if you had balls of steel and you would have gotten completely wiped out. (laughs) And so, so, you know, I think it's uh, I I appreciate the extra color. And I think that you guys are visible and and the team is out there and talking to everybody and answering questions, I think, speaks really highly. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. And I'll shut up.
6: Yeah. Thank uh, you so much, uh, uh, Yeah, I really appreciate it. The last thing I'll say here is just if you are a statum holder and you don't take leverage on your statum, mm-hmm. um, you, sh- you should not be exposed to the system and that there's no series of liquidations that could uh, um, c- c- kind of change the redemption rate for you. It's not a hack that could expose you, but, but there's no ser- If you personally choose not take leverage on your stout, um, you should not be affected. There's other ways that might affect DeFi systems in a cascading manner just to be really clear there's no kind of like co the leverage here
1: cool. great uh we have stake and relax who's been who's been waiting so stake and Relax, thank you for waiting so patient able add you on as a speaker now just uh just say i think before you go stake and relax i think this will probably be our last question in case um in case there are any pressing questions because um yeah we we're, we're approaching it over an hour right now
5: so so um yeah Please, please go for it. Yes, thank you very much. I just um, wanted to point out earlier to the question from Brown Bro. On Minscan, you actually can see the bonded heights. So that's where the validator went online the first time, basically. So you can see when the on- uh, validator started validating on the chain. But uh, from that, another question involved in, in my head. And uh, as I think John said, there's also criteria of, of governance participation or like a, at least a percentage. And I wanted to ask um, how you handle that. Because, for example, in Minscan, if you just start, for example, on the valid, uh, on uh, validating on osmosis and they already have like 380, I don't know how many uh, governance proposal, and you just start and participate in the first governance proposal, it says one out of 300. So how do you uh, eliminate this this
2: knowledge gap.
3: Yeah, that's uh, something we need to consider for sure. Um, I forget what website it was, but um, one of these websites that provides lots of validator statistics, uh, it gave you the governance participation in the last 10 um, proposals. So we might want to do something like that. Um, but to be honest, we haven't quite nailed this one down yet. We just know that, um, especially because at this point in time, Um, Although we're working on it, we don't yet have uh, liquid governance, so um, our ST token holders wouldn't be able to override the votes of the validators. We want to make sure that the validators are actually participating and using that governance power. Um, Yeah, but we haven't quite nailed down what that threshold will be. Um, Do you have any suggestions or um, what do you think? I was thinking maybe um, participated in at least five of the last 10 proposals. what do you think of that?
5: Yeah, I think that that I think the last five or ten doesn't reflect everything, and also doesn't reflect uh, the truth because if you have like validator, the part post- participated on on three hundred out of three hundred eighty governance proposals on Osmosis uh, is somebody different than uh, somebody who just joined and like just voted on three out of four uh governance proposals on a new chain so um i think it's it's really thin line to to catch the the correct um, thing there but what what you can do but it's already uh, again a really manual process is to just visit like the page of the validator and some of them disclose how they voted for example Polkadot has a really good page where they have voted and then you see for example Polka. really care about governance and they vote a lot. I actually had um a draft proposal for a UNO um, chain more you know, ongoing, which basically punish um whether they just they don't participate in governance. That also tackles that point. But um in the end I think you just have to go manually through it and, and see like which criteria you could apply on that.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to do something like that. Um, but also the thing that troubles me is um, in some circumstances, um, you may want to not vote at all. And that could be a valid way of participating. Um, for instance, if it's a very small vote and you don't want it to get to quorum, you might not vote. Um, and that doesn't mean you're not participating. That just means you declined to vote. Um, something to consider that's why that's why you wouldn't want to say like you have to be you have to have voted in the last ten or you have to have voted in ten of the last ten proposals or something like that. um but
5: isn't isn't abstain
3: something for that? Well, abstain contributes toward quorum. so uh, if it were a vote and you wanted it to um Because there could be, it's kind of hard to explain, but there could be a situation where there's a significant amount of yes votes and you don't want it to hit quorum. Because if it hits quorum, then it's going to pass because it has enough yes votes. And um, voting abstain would contribute to quorum. Voting no would contribute to quorum. The only thing you can do, maybe, uh, if you have certain opinions, is not vote. And that way you hope that the vote doesn't pass by not hitting quorum.
5: Okay. Okay. Got you. But it's already, uh, it's again, not measurable. Then if you say like, okay, we want like some participation percentage, but then you can like measure that again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit tricky, but um, I think we'll just do something that gives people the benefit of the doubt. Something like, you know, you have to have, like I said, you have to have participated in the last five out of 10 um, governance proposals, uh, something like that. Uh, just to make sure that these people aren't like completely AFK, <laughs> completely away from the keyboard and not not participating at all.
2: Thank you very
5: much. Uh, thank you all for answering the questions and having me here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Um, with that, that brings us to a close of our um, Cosmos Hub Validator Selection Space. Um thank you, Aiden, John and, and Michelle for your um awesome contributions throughout and, and thank you to all of those of you who came and especially those of you who asked questions. Um as a reminder, the uh the the validator form to to apply to be considered for delegation to our um Cosmos Hub validator set is um should be, you know, you should find it on the link that we've that we tweeted to signal this space. Um and uh please remember to apply by sunday which is uh, it's sunday right john yeah sunday
3: Uh, thanks for remembering to remind people
1: yeah so so yeah just a reminder to apply there um and thank you very much for coming out
3: and also um our airdrop is going to be tomorrow tomorrow's going to be an amazing day so we can all look forward to that it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow
1: yes completely that's 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 another super exciting um, super exciting thing we'll have to do in airdrop space soon, but um, thank you. Thank you guys so much um, for coming out. Have a good night, you.
3: Yep. Good night, everybody.
1: See
0: ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was round two strides cosmos hub validator set discussion recorded on Monday, November 21st, 2022 for terraspaces.org. I'm Finn. Thanks for listening if you want to keep listening head on over to terraspaces. slash donate and show some support now with spark Ibc enabled so you can- Faint a way to move, change the view. Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop, picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is So Kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big Proof ain't a way to move, change the view. Just a bunch of, pack of heads living in a chicken coop, picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good. So kick it for a minute, then show me what that think could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. that you see.